is this? Ah, the French. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? I'm here, Papa! Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. First listen to the animal man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. We were divorced nine months later. If you don't mind my saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. Inspired. Six times I've now ruined my whiskey. I'm under arrest. I'm under what? I just want to do whatever serves the corporation best. Good night, Mr. Wanderson. Good night. Gentlemen, this is the Democracy Manifest. Recording live from the Smogville World Fair, all right. Nice. Well, anyway. Now we now it'll actually record instead of just us talking, practicing. I know. Oh, this... Okay, so it is... Well, <clears throat> we're doing it live. Better do this right. Welcome to episode one of World Champion Podcast, recording from the Ferris Wheel at the Smogville World's Fair. We are Brighton SLC. And we are Sean Black. We were tapped to host a podcast at the mysterious Smogville World's Fair. We signed a bad contract. Our mission is simple. To create the greatest podcast ever by talking about the only things we really understand, fringe and forgotten lore and culture, such as, well, actually, we have more important things to do. Yeah, have, I was, was going to say, we got to get right to this important bulletin that just came over the wire. We have an important Smogville bulletin. Spidora has escaped. Yes, yeah, Spidora, the spider with a woman's head that is a resident of the freak show. She's a little... Please, sideshow. Sideshow, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, that's what I say when, when it's not recording. When I'm, exactly. when I'm, when I'm talking just to my close friends, yeah, I, don't, I, I say it's an F-word show. Yeah, no, we don't say the F-word on this show. Right. And so Spidora, not, not the Italian dish, but the woman, was it a spider with a woman's head or a woman with a spider's body? That's a good question, and I've never had that satisfactorily answered. Um, whenever I try to talk to her, all she does is blink. Right. But that means I think she can definitely understand me, mm-hmm. and she only has those two eyes. I kind of don't want her to understand me, to be honest. Well, I mean, she's hideous. She's, she's, she's hideous. She's ghastly. And I've, frightening. Yeah, it's a woman's head and a spider's body. I keep looking over my shoulder thinking, because she can climb oh, up don't say that. into oh, the, the no. Ferris wheel. Oh, no. Like, we're usually, at night a lot of times there's those roving pack of dogs, wild dogs that come through the fair sometimes and will attack children and and men sweeping up. But I always feel safe up here when I see the children being attacked by the dogs because we're, you know, 30, 40 feet off the ground in the Ferris wheel. But Spidora, she can go right up that Ferris wheel. Well, thanks a lot. There goes my sleep. We're not sleeping tonight. Not tonight. We're taking shifts anyways. (laughs) I thought that was like an unspoken thing, right? Oh, yeah. Typically, we do take shifts because... Because they're because this is not the first. There's also the woman with the snake body that escaped, and that took a week. And by that time, she'd strangled... Is it strangled? What snakes do? So, I mean, she suffocated. So, like pythoned around, like a, like one of those Cubert snakes. Now, are you talking about about uh, Pythona or Cobretti? Because Cobretti's very nice. Cobretti does seem nice, and, and she's very, she's a little bit rude. Mm-hmm. But uh, Pythona, yeah, py- ooh, yeah. Well, I mean, a python body is that's a lot more dangerous than just a tiny little kind of garden snake body. Yeah. Oh, no, I guess it's a cobra's body, huh? No, I think that's just a name. That's just you know a, how the, You know how these sideshows are? They try to hype it all up. Yeah, just sensationalize. All right, anyways. I think how many people are disappointed when they expect to see a cobra with a woman's head, and it's just a little garden snake with yeah, a woman's head. Yeah, yeah. Like rip off. 
But Spidora is very dangerous. If you see her, report it straight to the mayor's office, I'm guessing. Yeah, the mayor's office. Do not attempt to engage. Just back away slowly. Mm -hmm. Roll up a giant newspaper if you have one. Yeah. Um, Or if if you've won one of those giant checks, just roll up your giant, like if you won a golf tournament. Well, that's her number one weakness. It's giant checks. Giant checks. That's true. Yeah, that's kind of like the silver bullet to a werewolf. Mm -hmm. A giant check is to Spidora. That's right. Um, speaking of the mayor, we met Zephyr the Pig, the mayoral candidate. Really mm-hmm. nice guy. Um, his kids are adorable. Right. So oh, we'll, that's true. So don't forget to follow us on uh, Instagram.com slash World Champion Pod or uh, World Champion Podcast on Facebook. We're going to – yeah, we, re- we really need to step it up as ambassadors of Smogville. Right. So we, we, we went around. We took pictures. You, you'll be able to see what Spidora looks like and, and the mayoral candidate and his children – just hideous. Is, yeah. Spidora. Oh, I thought you were talking about the, the pig. Well, I don't want to say that about yeah. our potential mayor. Yeah, Let's I don't see wanna... how the election goes. Um, well, anyway, that said, it's nice to be spinning around. I don't know how long we'll last before getting ill, but mm-hmm. um, which of our regular segments should we start with? Should we maybe draw the name out of a burrito bag? All right. Yep. Hand it over here. It is Oiled Boys. So you're the man that rules the world. You rule the world. Log and up, get ready. Come on, you want a piece of me? Come and get me. So Oiled Boys is our segment where we talk about wrestling, muscle men, action movie heroes. Just big sweaty men. Just big sweaty muscular men. (laughs) Like you do. (laughs) Of course. And I was able to see in the theater this week Terminator, the first Terminator. And it's easily one of my favorite movies. And I noticed something about, about the, the story that I've, it's never occurred to me before, and maybe it's because it was on the big screen. Mm-hmm. I, I, so in Terminator, well, first of all, there were some, there were some drunken hooligans there. I was, I was not pleased oh, about it. I hate that. The, the, the wise... Were they wiseacres? It was the guys that wanted to comment on everything in the movie, like Mystery Science Theater, minus any kind of wit or sense of humor. Yeah. Now, at this particular theater, that happens all the time. It's not invited or encouraged. Mm -hmm. It's just like, hey, we're going to show this cool movie that people like fondly. Well, I think the problem is they serve alcohol at the movie theater. Mm -hmm. So this is is a movie theater that also has a bar in it. And so that that is awesome at times, but other times when you you know when you're going to see an actual movie you want to see, yeah, you're gonna have some some drunken hecklers. And these two guys were really drunk, and I don't get very mad very often. I've, I'm pretty even tempered. I'm, I'm emotional in other ways, but I, I don't often get real confrontational. But I was getting so upset because these guys not only were they, they talking during the movie, they were talking about just like like they're at a coffee shop. Like one dude was telling his buddy about. Grand Theft Auto game. Are you kidding playing, me? Like full volume. Oh no! And I was starting to get like my heart was starting to pound. I was starting oh, to get yeah. so mad. And then I basically turned to my girlfriend and I'm like, "Should I confront them or do yeah. I go tattle on them? Because what is what is the protocol here? Confrontational. Yeah. I, I was willing to be, confront them because they were. T- you know, they were, There's one thing that makes me mad. It is talking when I'm viewing my my favorite oiled boy, which is Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> right. He's by far my favorite oiled boy. And so it was making me furious, and I was willing, I was willing to fight them because they were really drunk too. And I was thinking I could take them both. Yeah, but I don't obviously. It's just so hard in this day and age. You can't fight people like you used to. Yeah, and and then 
And you just shouldn't anyway. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that's a good point, too. Like, you shouldn't anyway. I, I was trying to remind myself, like, even though you think you could win the fight, you should, even if you do win the fight, maybe you shouldn't fight people just because it's not. You're, you're a civilized gentleman. No, and if you did that, you would be completely ignoring the message of the Terminator. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll get to that. I'll, I'll get to something. Uh, it, it gets to that. Yeah. So I was thinking, what is, what is my options? Confrontation. And the other one is go to the, the manager of the theater and say, there's two guys that have been drinking in your theater. Yeah. And then I thought, well, this... You mean the guy that's currently uh, cleaning pint glasses? Yes, the guy that had served them the alcohol they're drinking in the theater. Yeah. So I, I was thinking, I can't do that either. And so my girlfriend just turned and said, will you please stop talking? But, I, but it wasn't enough for me. Yeah. I turned, and in my strongest, most Terminator face and voice, I said, stop talking. <laughs> you really tried to do an Arnold? Yeah. Well, I, I, was, no, just... I, was, I was legitimately furious. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't try to do an Arnold voice, but I was, I was trying to look mean like the Terminator. And they, the two guys were so, so unnerved they left. Oh, good. And I felt yeah. so tough. I felt like the Terminator. So that's like that, that adage of like, oh, they're just as scared as you as you are of them. Yes. I was like, oh, holy. Nice. I, no, when I was walking out, I was like walking tall, yeah. puffing out my chest. Yeah. I just felt like a million bucks. And I was like, man, they were t- intimidated by me. We've been watching, you and I, we've been watching so much wrestling lately mm-hmm. that I worry that we're going to find ourselves in a situation and not remember the difference between real life and entertainment. Oh, you mean like CM Punk did? <laughs> oh, this last hard. weekend, oh, yeah. low blow. Yeah, no, that's that's true. That's we, absolutely true. We should true. talk about that for a second in a minute. But, yeah, no, so, but I worry that like that would happen, and instead of saying stop talking, I'd stand up and be like, "You two bozos, come in here to the yeah. cinema oh. with your drinks in your hands, and you think you can talk your way through the whole movie." Well, guess what? This is still my theater, and I won't stand for your talking anymore. No, that would be, this Sunday. No, that would that would be better. Yeah. That, I think that would scare someone much worse. Than oh, they think. They're insane. Yeah, they're just like, this person is out of his mind. Stand up and cut a promo and then challenge them this Sunday at yeah. <laughs> this Sunday at the 930 screening of How to Train Your Dragon 2. Yeah. Exactly. So now here is the observation about the movie that I've never noticed, even though I've watched Terminator since I was a child, you know, 50 times or yeah. whatever. So in the plot, Arnold comes back through time. When you travel through time, you have to be naked for some reason. Mm-hmm. And Arnold comes back. And, uh, you know, it's very famous. Gets the, give me a clothes, and, you know, that kind of stuff. Kyle Reese comes back in town. The human that's sent back to... Uh, did I say come, comes back to town? Yeah, he comes back to town. <laughs> he comes back... So he's in, just been down in Nashville. <laughs> he comes back in time, back in town. Yeah. And he's naked also. He's just a human. His job is to protect Sarah Connor. And he steals his pants from a, a homeless man. Because oh. the first scene with him, he... He's naked. There's a, there's a bum that, that's the classic can barely talk slurring bum. Yeah. He takes off his pants. Right then the cops let shine, shine a light on him, and he's pulling up these filthy bum pants. And then the cops start chasing him for some reason. I guess, I guess he still stole something, even though it's a homeless person's yeah. pants. And so then he escapes. He gets a shotgun. He meets Sarah Connor. He does all this stuff. The entire movie, he's wearing those pants. This is the first time I've noticed. Oh. There, and, and, I, and I'm talking a couple days go by. At least, and right? He, and he is wearing no underwear and with a bum's pants with on. shit pants on. Shit, there's literally shit mark on the butt. I noticed that, too. And 
There's a scene where he make, makes love to Sarah Connor. They make Connor. sweet love under an overpass or something. Yeah, they make love. She, sl- she, she sleeps in his lap under the overpass. Can you imagine sleeping in someone's lap and they're wearing a pair of pants? They stole off a bum. Oh, man. Even in tor- even, and, I kept, and then I started bothering me because I was like, geez, is he not going to just steal some new pants? Because he steals a jacket and some shoes from the, the like Mervins he breaks into. <laughs> And then it's, it's, you know, it gets to the end of the movie. They're driving down the street trying to escape you know, Arnold in, in a giant semi, and he's still wearing those pants. And, spoiler alert, he dies in those pants. <laughs> You're going to die in these pants. So maybe they were cursed pants. Well, they, they couldn't have smelled good. They were, they were filthy, even by homeless cinema standards. Yeah. I have a hard time with a lot of movies where I'm worried about how bad they smell. Really? Yeah. Well, this is going to ruin Terminator for you. Yeah, absolutely. Now, any Especially movie where the... they're hiking or stranded or oh, yeah. have just been outside a long time. Yeah. yeah. The lovemaking really is unnerving. Uh, him and Sarah Connor, I guess at least she got the pants off him. Yeah, but still, I mean, they're nearby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, so those are, those are my two observations from my oiled boy experience at the movie theater. Well, I went to a uh, local pop culture event, um, and I'm not going to say the name of it, but one of the guests was uh, professional wrestler Charles Wright, who's probably best known as the Godfather, who uh, I think we spoke about the Attitude Era of WWE. Right. It might have even still been WWF at the time, where they were just throwing everything at the wall that was outrageous, like, oh, this wrestler is a porn star, and he only wears a towel. So Charles Wright was the godfather who was a pimp wrestler. And his catchphrase was, climb on board the hoe train. (laughs) And he had come out with like a row of ladies of the night behind him. Really? Yeah. And uh, But before that, earlier in the 90s, he was Papa Shango, the voodoo man. (laughs) That's that's so great. Yeah. So he was at this convention, and I want to mention that he was not an invited guest. He... Paid his own way yeah. to get a booth. Bought a booth. Probably brought his own banner that he has all the time. From what I understand, he, uh, in keeping with his character, I guess, he's a bouncer at a strip club in Las Vegas now. In, so in, that's his post-wrestling career. In, this is not kayfabe. This is in real life. No, this is, yeah, like that's his job. He's an actual, almost actually a pimp. He's kind of like a baby pimp. He's, yeah, I mean, he's kind of, yeah, moved to Vegas. <laughs> Oh, maybe bouncer's not the right word. He's the manager. <laughs> Moved Depends to Las on Vegas, the where he started managing the strip club Cheetahs. Wow! So that it's, I like that he kind of wasn't that far out of character. Yeah, but what I like, I was really excited. He had uh, a bunch of photos of the Godfather and one photo of Papa Shango. Mm-hmm. Now, this convention was at a place uh, called the Salt Palace, where in 1993, I think I went to my first live wrestling event. I was 13 years old. And saw Papa Shango take on the Ultimate Warrior. Wow, and, and really? A, yeah, and Papa Shango comes out. He's got skull face paint and a top hat and bone necklaces. He's pretty cool looking. Really cool looking. And so I told him that, and he was like, I thought this was familiar. Is this where the jazz played? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, technically they did tore, tear down the arena to build the convention center, but it's the same space. And, and then it was, I, it's I was like, going to get into that, and then I just went, yeah. Yeah, see, we've talked about yeah. that. Because I guess... In spirit, it's like Poltergeist, where the, the house is built on an ancient Indian burial ground. Yeah. The Salt Palace is built on an ancient jazz basketball arena. Yeah, an ancient Lakers burial ground, am I right? Oh, yeah. Snap. Or, uh, no, nah, that's not, actually not accurate. I don't know. I don't think so. 
think so. The Lakers have won many championships. <laughs> Most of them. Most of them. So I, yeah, so I told him that, and he, he's kind of smiled, real nice guy, shook my hand. I had him sign the photo, uh, and he wrote, beware of voodoo, Papa Shango, WWF. And then his handler was like, see, I told you you should wear the Papa Shango gear. And he's like, no one cares about Papa Shango except this guy. Is that true, you think? That's what he said. Oh, so uh, this is his anecdotal evidence that he's <laughs> yeah, had. That it wouldn't be worth it to paint his face like a skull and wear a top hat and stand there when he can wear his pimp outfit. Or not, or his manager of the strip club outfit. It's yeah. probably the same. Yeah, exactly. So I started reading about him, and I just wanted to share this. Um, uh, his debut... I mean, you know, he'd come out, he'd have smoke, and he could control the lights, and Ooh. made Undertaker, or no, he made Ultimate Warrior vomit up black goo. Oh, wow. Um, Which might have happened anyway. <laughs> that's true. Knowing, knowing the Ultimate that's, Warrior. That's, sadly, that's true, yeah. So that was just a happy accident. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he looked at his hands afterwards like, I can't believe that worked. <laughs> like a little kid that tries yeah. something. Like, kid yeah. tries to lift a car in a movie, and then, like, the car is actually being lifted by a crane, and he yeah. doesn't know. yeah. Or the guy stamping the books in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then looking at a stamp because it made a big, loud bang. Yeah. Oh, I love that scene. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, he got thrust into the spotlight right away, running in on Hulk Hogan and Sid Justice in the main event at WrestleMania 8. But he missed his cue. So he was supposed to come in and break up the pin, but he was late. For the pin? For the pin. So they had to kick out of the pin... And then uh, Sid Justice and Hulk Hogan had to just kind of stand around while he ran into the ring. No. So that's a, that's a promising first at, impression. At, at WrestleMania. Yeah. Wow. Like, wow, Sid kicks out of the ping, and now who's this voodoo man? I, so, I, I am haunted by the most minor dumb things I've done in my life. I will lay up oh, at night yeah. and think about... Just an offhand comment I made to someone in an elevator. Like something yeah, so inconsequential. Like 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. so inconsequential it's insane. Yeah. Do you think if you did something like that, you would have to just start drinking to yeah. daily just to drown that memory oh, out? I'd just quit. I'd just be like, I missed my cue, and then I'd run out of the arena and never answer my phone again. So, so you, what you would do is break up someone trying to get into a taxi. Right yeah. when they're about to get in, you would, you would interrupt them and jump in the taxi. Jump in, go by, get on the first flight I could. Mm-hmm. Get out of, change your name. Yeah, change my name, and then just watch seeing my phone ring and seeing that it says Hulk Hogan, and just be like, nope. Decline. Just put it on silent. Ultimate yeah. Warrior, decline. Yeah. Vince McMahon, decline. Decline. <laughs> so, uh, so I have such fond memories of this wrestler, though. In fact, my little brother was him for Halloween, oh, when cute. my brother would have been like six years old, so a little voodoo man. That is six great. Year old, yeah. Um, Wright's Papa Shango character, this is from Wikipedia, was pilloried by fans, being voted worst gimmick and most embarrassing wrestler in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards. Really? Finn Martin of professional wrestling magazine Power Slam in a 2013 article wrote, Shango and his curses were a total embarrassment. Fans exhaled loudly each time he appeared. Shango bombed and deservedly so. You're, Okay. So I, get, uh, I, I have different I, memories than the rest well, of the Well, I get apparently. the point. I, can, I, I totally understand the point of view that it's ridiculous. In general, that's yeah. like to maybe the outside point of view. But if you actually watch wrestling, I don't think that's the most ridiculous gimmick in the well, history of Well, and also this was in the 90s at the height of wrestlers having jobs. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah mean, when they were employed and then they would come wrestle when they weren't at the construction site. At the construction site or at the dentist office. Or, or working as a police officer. Working as a police officer <laughs> or part of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police or being a bullfighter or an undertaker. That's right. God, dude, I never, 
I never thought about that. Is the Undertaker actually supposed to be an Undertaker? I think he's supposed to be a Wild West Undertaker who is immortal <laughs> or has returned from the dead. That's a pretty cool, that's a pretty cool gimmick, actually. Yeah. Wild West Undertaker. Yeah. He'd be busy. <clears throat> he's going to have to build a lot of coffins. And he does. He does. I thought Mo, which, which rolls guys right into him. Buried Alive match. I think Ultimate Warrior fell into one of those, too. But there was the match where he, was it last SummerSlam where he had all 21 like, oh, like, like coffins out? For yeah. All his victories. Yeah. yeah. So he actually yeah. brought his work to, to his wrestling. To his, to his hobby, apparently. His, it's hobby. Yeah. Well, anyway, moving on. All right. So let's, let's just blow your speakers. Blow Your Speakers is my attempt to become a heavy metal snob one album at a time or one concert at a time or two concerts at a time this week. Yeah, you got a few, I think. Yeah, I got a couple in. I went to see the Stoner Doom band Monolord, which I really dig their music. I've talked about, I'm pretty sure I've talked about, I'm almost sure I've reviewed one of their albums. But if not, I, I'll post a, a link on our Facebook. I think I'd remember something called Encyclopedia Metallum. Is that one of their albums? No, that's or is this a website. That's the website, man. Them? That's like the best metal website to go to. Well, I would have googled that. So they they played this tiny bar. I think even they were humbled by the experience. There was there was not very many people there. Oh, there was maybe like twenty or twenty five. And I wanted to buy a patch. Was this at the Metro? This is at the Metro okay. bar, yeah. And, and I wanted to buy a patch. And they, they, I went to their merch table first thing because I, I thought patches are going to go fast, right? And they apparently did. They said that they totally underestimated how many people wanted patches and they underprinted them. So they sold out just like weeks ago. Oh, days into the tour. Yeah, days into the tour they'd run out. So I was, I was very sad about that. They were the the thing with doom metal is you're trying to be the heaviest, basically mm-hmm. the heaviest sound you can get. And these guys were so heavy. These guys are Swedish. I think, I think they are. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're Swedish. And and they just they tore it up. And it's such a shame that there's a band this good that's gonna you know it was it was eight dollars the tickets. <laughs> oh wow. Like when I was in a punk band, I charged. We had concerts that were more than that. Yeah, but it was eight bucks. They had no merchandise to sell, so I don't know how they. After the concert, I was I'd had a few drinks and I was I was telling my girlfriend I I'm, I want to give them just money for gas. <laughs> she she had to stop me from giving them <laughs> just handing over from cash. from being like use this to get to the next city. You guys were awesome and they were awesome, so I'll try to spread the word of Monolord right here, uh, and. And well, and I don't know if ends the best way, but then no, then I'm going with then. Then Sunday, I really saw a a big time band. Maybe just a semicolon. I know. I, I, I the transition between those. I was trying to find the right thing. Yeah. Should, should I just? Oh, an M dash. No, no, definitely not an M dash. Sorry. No. No. Just a just a underscore. Maybe new paragraph. New par. All right, new paragraph. So I got a, a indent. That's not indent. What's it called? Yeah, indent. Is that the right button? <laughs> Tab. Tab. All right, so that's what I'll just say. 
So Monolord were great. Tab. On Sunday, I saw, basically saw a guitar god and a guitar vocal god and singing, a, singing a, vocal god. A, a bass god and a, and the drummer guy i don't know he was young so he he didn't count i saw black sabbath which i didn't quite know what to expect the, i knew that they played this huge outdoor arena and i've been there a few times i saw the cure there and i saw def leppard there once i saw radiohead there oh yeah the show that i thought eh, i don't want to go to that yeah, last, right. and the only time in the last twenty years they've been here. Yeah, they've been here. Yeah, once in like nineteen ninety two, and once in two thousand seven, or yeah. whatever. But this was packed to the gills, even compared to those other bands, and it was easily the most intoxicated crowd I've ever been in. Mm. And I, I couldn't afford to get tickets, the actual seated tickets. So they have a whole, you know, all the seating. And then they have the lawn seats, which is yeah. basically first come, first serve. You try to get your blanket down. But you're going to want to bring a blanket that you don't care if it gets stepped on, if it gets beer yeah. spilled on it. Because by the time the Black Sabbath actually started playing, the, the crowd was so drunk. People were, like, tripping over. Oh, wow. Like, have you been there? Well, I, I guess. I saw Tom Jones there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole different crowd. They did. There were a bunch of people that rushed the stage to throw underpants. Like, really? Right into the first song. So that's not. That's a real thing. Yeah, I've heard about they, that. They they didn't take them off their body. Right. They were like fresh from the laundry. Well, then maybe to fresh me that from Walmart. Count. I don't think that counts. I think you got to take them off and but throw. You them have Tom to be. Jones. Yeah, you have to be moved to the point. Like I gotta. I gotta do something. Yeah. And then that's what you can. All you can think of. Because yeah. otherwise right. you'll get arrested for any other sexual thing you want to do. Yeah, that's the closest you can get. And I think that you would actually get arrested if you did that anywhere but in front of Tom Jones. Tom Jones. Yeah, it's the Tom Jones clause. It is. In the Constitution. I know. It's worked in a lot of uh, court cases. Mm-hmm. But Black Sabbath themselves were just incredible. Ozzy looked great. He sounded great. He was a little flat here and there, but for the most part, for a 70-year-old guy belting yeah. out these songs, he sounded like wow. Ozzy. I've always thought a lot of his... Uh persona is an act his stumbling bumbling i don't know because stammering. he came out and he sounded like he was just drunk as shit huh. he's the way he was talking he you and he i forgot the big thing when his the osborne's uh tv show came out the reality show was it called the osborne's i think so that i remember the big thing was they had to bleep out so many f words oh yeah and 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 i told i hadn't thought of that in 10 years until he came out, and he must have said an F word every fourth word the entire so concert. So he's saying freak? Yeah, he's saying freak this. Put your freaking hands together. I want to hear your freaking hands. Throw your freaking hands in the air. It was a lot about <laughs> He really wanted everyone to keep either that's, swaying or yeah, clapping. That's just the go-to move of these classic, I, I guess classic rock is the phrase. It yeah. doesn't sound right. Yeah. But these bands, they come back, and that's just their big thing, is they're like, look, we've, had, we've got the millions. We've had the tours. We've done the drugs. We've had the groupies. At this point, mm-hmm. I just want to hear you. Yeah. That's, I, want, I, I want you to put your hands together. And he, he did it during every song, yeah. in between every song. He mumbled a few. Like, sometimes he'd, he'd actually give some little speech between the song, and he would mumble it so bad, I didn't know what he was saying. Yeah. And I think it was like, thanks for the last 40 years, basically. <laughs> yeah. And that he enjoyed being in Black Sabbath, and this is the end. This is their farewell, this farewell is, yeah, tour. Yeah, this is their final tour. And it could be just their final tour just because they're not going to be alive much longer. Mm-hmm. 
These are guys that lived about the most hardcore lifestyle you could for for a long time, decades and decades. Tony Iommi was the big surprise for me. I knew he was a good guitarist, but he he just killed it, just slayed it. He was so good. And they don't have a, a second guitarist, so he's rhythm and lead. Yeah. And the songs are written to accommodate that, but... Man, I was just, I could not believe how good they sounded. And he's 70 years old. And, and fighting cancer. Oh, yeah. So he just, he just went into remission and beat cancer. And he's 70 years old. And he's missing a finger on the hand that is on the uh, neck of the guitar. It's like two, isn't the tips of two fingers? Yeah. He wears thimbles Yeah, he, he wears like a little magical thimble. It made me yeah. think of some kind of like, like grim fairy tale. Where yeah. like the girl with the thimble on her finger and when you pull it off she dies or something. <laughs> You know? Well, if anyone doesn't know the like the mythology of that, uh, and maybe we've already talked about it two episodes ago, hmm? but he lost the tips of his fingers in an industrial accident. That's right. And then uh, it was hard for him to play the guitar, so he tuned the strings down. And if you're not a guitarist, tuning the strings down makes them more, they're not as tight. Right. They're like looser, and so they're easier to play. Mm-hmm. And then that created that heavy doom sound accidentally creating heavy metal basically yeah Yeah, exactly and i oh i just love i love stories like like that that. yeah i I remember when i watched the beatles anthology how they accidentally created feedback because george just put his guitar down facing the amp and speaker and it started going doing that feedback and then they used it at the beginning of i don't know what song it is uh i feel fine is it that one yeah or like the time you uh, rear-ended B.B. King. That's right. And then I just was so upset, I started singing the blues. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah, that's when you invented the blues. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so sad, and we, you know, we just hit it off. Yeah, so it was, it was so awesome. You listen to Black Sabbath. They, they pretty much played mainly their first four albums. So it was like a greatest hits of early Aussie Sabbath. Any uh, solo Aussie stuff? No. Good. I don't think so. Good. Keep it pure. I don't think Tony would be down for that. I wouldn't be down with that. I kind of think, I don't know for sure, but I sort of think he was pissed off about the solo stuff. Oh, uh, they kicked him they out kick, of the they, band. they did kick him out multiple times, but it's one of those things where you, like, you break up with your, a girl, but then you're like upset if she dates one of your friends or something, even though you dumped her. Yeah. I don't know if that's the best analogy or no, not. No, it probably is. That probably is the, literally the best analogy. When you're just like, well, if I can't have her, nobody can have her, but... But, but I, I don't want her. But I don't want her anyway. So there. Or it's like when you steal pants from a bum. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't have a finish for that. It's like when you steal pants from a bum, and the bum gets some new pants, and you're upset that his new pants are better than the pants you Cause stole. Because he got like nice Mervyn's pants from the Salvation Army. Right. And you're wearing uh, some Dickies work pants that... Are yeah. covered in Listerine. All, all kinds of stuff. But yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where you're just going to still wear them out of spite when, yeah. he, when he's around. Yeah. You're going to be like, well, I'm still going to wear these bum pants. Yeah. It's a perfect analogy. No, that's the best analogy for it. Yeah. Well, was there an opening act? Uh, what were they called? It was, I forgot what, they were called, uh, was it Brothers? Something, br- Rival Brothers or something? or Jonas Brothers. It was r- Rival not rival schools. It was rival something. Rival brothers. <laughs> it's a pretty dumb name, which would make him a perfect opening act. And they were, and they sound, they were like uh, Led Zeppelin worship. It was the dude was just totally the the singer mainly was just wailing away, just trying to do his best Robert Plant. 
And I couldn't tell if the guys were like 30 years old or like 60 years old. Because they, they, they just sounded like their sound, they could have easily been one of those bar bands that has been basically playing in some L.A. bar for 30 years as, as every Thursday, you know. And then suddenly, for some reason, Black Sabbath likes them or... Well, uh, they're from Long Beach. Okay. Rival Sons. Rival Sons. Uh, a while back, we played an award show. The Osborne family happened to be in the audience. And uh, Ozzy and Sharon really enjoyed our set. Wow, that's, that's, that's literally the definition of a lucky break. Yeah. And being at the right place at the right time. Def Leppard singer missing the, the bus. Exactly. Rival Sons. They were pretty good. I, it was... They, but it... A good a good headlining band. This is what I've noticed from the the best headlining headlining famous bands is they will they'll have someone open for them that is competent and kind of good, but not not like you don't want to have Guns N' Roses open for you in 1988 if you're if right. You're, you're just some no, crappy. You get blown off the stage. Yeah, where you yeah. just get blown apart. You know, and I've been to a couple of shows where the opening band just kills it, and I I'll, I'll leave sometimes. Yeah. And so they, they smartly, and maybe, maybe nobody's better than Black Sabbath, actually. So this could have been one of the, no, because even before Black Sabbath came out, I thought, these guys are good, but I would never listen to them on my own. That's the best way oh, to the describe Oh, the Rival Sons. Yeah, yeah of ri- course. And that's, yeah. And that's the perfect opening Because they're band. there when you're parking, when you're getting your beer, your hot dogs, your pretzels. Mm-hmm. And I, I went and tried to get a beer and tried to go to the bathroom, and the lines were already so long from these intoxicated people yeah. that I just went back and sat down. Yeah. The, the bathroom, at, before Black Sabbath even came on, the line to the bathroom must have been 75 people. And you didn't s- sneak a flask in your boot? No. You, know, you wear a big pair of boots, you put a flask of alcohol in one, and then an empty <laughs> sack in the other. And then you don't have to wait in line for the bathroom or the beer line. That's smart. Get a big Ziploc bag, one of those big ones. Well, one of those big freezer bags. Well, you can just it, pee into that. Well, all they night. have those backpacks that, that hikers use that are that have a water bladder and you have a little hose to your mouth. Yeah. So you just have one of those, and then also you have a reverse one of those that's the hose to a different part of your body, and then a bag that's that's being filled I up think, in reverse. I think they make those. They're called stadium buddies. Which which part? Both parts. A, a thing so you don't have to leave your seat to pee. But you can also sit there and drink. Oh, no, no. This is just for peeing. My little brother taught me this The stadium pal is the ultimate portable urinal for men. It is completely discreet and safe to wear for almost any occasion. Oh, I guess... Okay. Well, I'm making fun of it. I guess there are people who have legitimate medical problems, and that would be nice to have. Well, speaking of that, my my littlest brother, he actually would go to events, and he worked in the healthcare industry... And he would wear a catheter, no, an ex- well, external one. They have ones oh, that are just okay. like <laughs> he's just like oh my god, he's biting on a belt. Like, all right, this is gonna be a good night. Yeah. <laughs> no, he. They have ones that are basically condoms that end in a hose that then straps to your leg. And he's done that. He's gone to events where he drank and then just had that on him. Well, sometimes you want to go wait in the bathroom. What if they play Paranoid while you're gone? Well, too. And at this place. It would have been uh, the the reason I went back to my seat is it would have been the entire Black Sabbath set as I stood in line for yeah. the bathroom. So I get it. I get it. I'm, I'm next time I go to a concert, I'm wearing a catheter. Mm-hmm. Well, let's. I like talking about music. Let's keep, yeah. Let's keep talking about music. But let's switch gears big time. Mini music. Move these. 
<laughs> I want my mini music movies. That was great. Yep, absolutely. Well, uh, the the music world lost someone who's maybe not a household name, but is certainly influential last week. Prince Buster mm-hmm. of Jamaica. Uh, I was going to say, maybe you haven't heard of him, but you've certainly heard his songs. No, probably not. It's yeah. probably not true yeah, either. Kind of obscure, maybe, to the average smogvillian. Yeah, I mean, if you're a music historian and a ska nerd, you certainly know who he is. I had a, a Prince Buster pin on my rad ska jacket. You did? Oh, yeah. It said, don't call me Scarface. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, it was like his hit, and yeah. then and then he did Madness, which the band Madness named themselves after. So mm-hmm. he was going in the '60s, well, from the '60s onward in Jamaica, and then influenced the British ska scene in the late '70s, early '80s. Yeah, which which we are both big fans of. Of is it second wave ska? What do they call it? Yeah, two tone. Second wave, two tone. Just yeah. just late '70s British ska is by far my favorite, and and yours as well. Yeah, I, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. So for this mini music movie, I wanted to d- to talk about the music video for Madness and the song Baggy Trousers. Yeah, and the reason wow. I wanted to, this is this is the the very the, the inspiration is I've always this might be my favorite Madness song. I love the song Baggy Trousers. But I've never quite understood what it's about. I've never looked up the lyrics, which, you know, who has time for that? Right. But it's basically a song about, they're singing about being in school as kids, but then the chorus is just, just baggy trousers. I, and I, it doesn't even say I wear baggy trousers. No, it's just him saying that phrase. But then all the verses are, are back in school we did this. and we Teachers ma- gathered yeah, at the bar or whatever. So, so let's talk about this music video. <laughs> it is one of those, at, at first glance, it's one of those videos that people, it's like the, the ones that people make for YouTube that I hate, where it's, a, it's the song and then they're showing an image of what the lyrics are. I, oh, I love those. I want to meet the people that make those. No, I, they're, they're, they're sometimes hilariously bad. I remember when we talked about I Love L.A., yeah. And the, the Randy Newman song? Yeah, with the like, big sloppy redhead do, do or whatever. Do you remember? Did you watch the same video as me? I, I, watched, I don't think I, I did. I watched a YouTube video where ev- ev- it was just photos of what he was saying. Yeah. So it was like... he's There's in a, tons of those. He's in a catalog. It shows a car. Yeah. The big nasty redhead, it shows you know, some redheaded woman. Yeah. And it's, it's showing all the things he's saying, and it's so stupid. There's I, so many of those, and I don't know if they're made ironically or if these are just weird shut-ins. Yeah. My favorite is for a song called Delta Dawn, which tells a story of this woman left at the altar. And it's like the the chorus says like Delta Dawn, and they show like a Delta airplane, and then a sunrise, wow. and then it's like what's that flower you have on? And they show a flower, and it's just like clip art. So it's it's being totally literal, totally literal it, with it, like, it's like every word in the song. Wow! So it's like it was made by that by Batista in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that Dax is it Dax the Destroyer, Dax the Destroyer, who doesn't understand humor or sarcasm. Yeah. So it's like he made a music video. And I think they're shut-ins. I don't think these are made ironically. No, I don't think. I think they'd be a little bit sillier. Right. And so this music video, this, you got to keep in mind, in, this came out in 1980. Yeah, so, so this, no one even knew what music videos were yet. Yeah, music videos weren't really a thing yet. And so even just the fact they made this is kind of amazing. But it's the band playing, and then it's showing kind of what the, you know, when he's saying little kids doing this, playing soccer in the park, or football, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, shows like, them playing soccer in the park. Teachers in the bar, and it's a bunch of mannequins in the bar. Which I thought was nice, because I yeah. thought that was a nice touch, because it kind of made them look stiff, like, yeah. like a teacher. Well, and this would have been the same time The Wall came out, so British teachers were really on the 
yeah. on the hot seat. Yeah, rock star. They were really on the rock star shit list. Yeah. We're British school teachers. <laughs> yeah. That was, it's weird. <laughs> Stuff like that is so weird. Yeah. But yeah, that was, it was a hard time to be a British school teacher in 1980. Um, the band themselves, I, I, I'm not being so sarcastic weird. here, but I think they look so cool. Oh, and yeah. I think they're dancing cool. I just loved them. I thought Madness looked like... The, when I was a teenager, I wanted to be in a band so bad. Yeah. And it, it's hard to start a band. Later, I was, I was in a pretty... I was going to say famous. Pretty successful uh, on, on local standards punk band. Oh, no. Totally famous. They've heard of you from See, North Salt Lake to South Salt Lake. That's right. Uh, and Moab. We played in Moab quite a few times. Oh. We were big in Moab. But... It was hard enough to get four guys, let's see, five guys together to play in a band. And so when I, when I, as a teenager, before I was even in a band, every time I'd see a Madness like album oh, yeah. cover or a music video, I just thought, how did they get like eight guys together <laughs> to do this? That's, that's one of my favorite Onion headlines that just says, Ska Band outnumbers audience. <laughs> there you go. But, yeah. but there's like eight guys. There's one guy playing some kind of xylophone even. Well, I mean, and they got a hype man who's, whose job is just to go like, ooh, like is, classic hype man, just like uh, Fred Schneider of the B-52s or Flavor Flav, get someone with a really weird, annoying voice to stand there. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. That dude, so like the, the heavy, heavy monster, that wasn't yeah. just the, the singer doing No, it? that's the other singer. That guy was a permanent member. Yeah. And he was just like Flavor Flav. Yeah, and he was the guy that would go, one step beyond. Oh and then God. in this song, he didn't, in our house, he doesn't do anything. He just kind of walks around and dances. Why? I, he, in this video, he looks like the singer's stunt double. Yeah. They're dressed the same. They're wearing like weird giant black coats mm-hmm. and weird tiny round sunglasses. I, I just like those kind of sunglasses that only cover your eyeballs. Mm-hmm. I, just, I thought they looked so cool. And they're dancing all crazy. And so <laughs> this, this, up to this point, the, the video, like I said, YouTube showing the little kids at school, showing the teachers, and then showing the band. Yeah. And then we get about ha- to the halfway point, and suddenly the saxo- saxophone player just starts to fly away. He floats away. He literally lifts off the ground and floats away. So what I was expecting was, oh, this, this video is about to get magical. They're all going to fly around. And... No. No, it's just him sailing around. Just him. The and every the... once in a while, the band like, reaches up to grab him. Mm-hmm. So it's just a band playing, kids, pl- kids at school, and then a saxophone player flying around. Oh, that's like my worst nightmare. Imagine you're going outside and there's a saxophone player flying around like a witch, but playing this baritone sax. Now, do you think the saxophone was making him fly? Was, yeah, was, yeah, it, was, was it like a witch's broom? It yeah, had to be. A witch's broom, or even if you want to get into some science stuff, it was like, <laughs> like when a rocket is propelled into the sky, like he's blowing hard enough into the saxophone that it's lifting it's him up. It's creating lift. <laughs> in, in the wrong direction, but, yeah. s- but still, yeah, creating lift. It's well, more, it's just physics, yeah. yeah I, don't, I, don't like, I don't like the magic witch explanation. I'm like a man of, of reason. That's true. You have that uh, Darwin magnet on your that's, car and that's, everything. That's right, and so I, I'm saying that. That, that flying was, was caused by the saxophone but. being played very hard. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's got a hell of a pair of lungs. I'm still, I still can't get over like, You're going to the park, and you know, there's, the, there's the drum circle over there. There's the hippie like, that tied a string between two trees mm-hmm. bouncing around. Family having a picnic, someone barbecuing. <laughs> and the saxophone player just zooming overhead. <laughs> Can you imagine seeing that? You would just go, holy shit! Yeah. The well, saxophone a, player. A flying saxophone player. Everybody run for your lives. <laughs> We've got liftoff. 
No. So what what do you think the where, where did this idea come from? Well, it's it's uh, it's listed here on Wikipedia. It is. Yeah. The band saxophone player Lee Thompson decided he wanted to fly through the air. Simple as that. Yep. And what a rock star wants, a rock star gets. Yeah, he's like, let, let me just uh, fly around. Uh, they recreated that moment live at the band's reunion concert in 1992, that, Madstock. That is so amazing. They recreated it during the band's 2007 Christmas tour, the 2009 Glastonbury Festival, and a 2011 TV advert for Cronenberg 1664. So it's that. Which is a... It's a beer, right? Beer, yep. So, so that's just their, their thing. That, it's that well known, though. Yeah. That they can have the saxophone player lift off in a TV commercial, and, and most of the citizens of England are going, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's madness. Yeah. Madness. Or maybe they inadvertently know what it is, where they're going, madness. Yeah. This is madness. Yeah, that's and, what you'd say when you saw that flying sax man yeah. in his baggy trousers. Madness. He's actually the only one wearing baggy trousers. Well, uh, but the let, other people are wearing baggy overcoats. Let's get to that. What, what, does that, what, is, what is this song about? Uh, he, the vocalist said he was just trying to write a song... Um, which were just catalogs of phrases in a constant stream. Oh, so this is this is very stream of conscience. So this is like this uh, is like uh, take Nir- the skinheads bowling or any Nirvana. It's lyric. like Nirvana. Yeah, just a bunch of words he likes. Yeah. Well, that's kind of nice. Yeah, but it's strange because just the chorus is like that. Because there's, yeah. pr- there's a pretty straightforward narrative about driving the teachers crazy and the kids doing what they are and kids do being and, hooligans. Yeah. So this is not just. Weird. It's not just complete nonsense. It's it's just a little bit. It's madness. <laughs> it's madness. So what, so all these bands from that era are always lumped in together. None of them sound even at all alike. Well, it's a geography thing. It's like yeah. Nirvana. It's like Seattle. Yeah, because they're all from. Uh, I, I don't know anything about England, but they're all from. Let's just say it's Westhamshire. Yeah, it's it's just like if you've seen the Lord of the Rings movies, you know what England's like. It's just yeah. it's just lots of. Weird little round doors in green pastures, and then and pubs. Then occasionally, like giant, horrible factories. Oh yeah, there's a lot of horrible factories with big inflatable pigs above them. But it's it's just me. Oh no! And then when you're in central London, it's like uh, <laughs> inflatable pigs. It's like Sherlock Holmes and Jack the Ripper, and, yeah. and uh, Christmas Carol. There's Tiny Tim. Yeah. It's just dirty. dirty. It's actually a lot like a Oliver giant twist. You know, it's actually a giant version of Smogville. It really is. It's like they took the Smogville concept and really expanded upon it. Yeah. And made a country out of it. I mean, yeah, it is. So, so I relate to it. Of course. But, <laughs> like, the specials were real, like, punky, and they had Jamaican guys in the band, mm-hmm. and, and they were, like, social activists. And yeah. Then, and then English Beat was just, like, Dave Wakeling having an emotional breakdown album yeah. after album. It's true. Singing about relationships and, yeah. and, and, and they change like they change sounds it seems like. They change sounds a lot. And then Selector. Yeah, Selector was also like had that real punk sneering attitude. Which and is, then Bad Manners was just fat drunks. Which which is the band that had the girl and and the maybe he was a Jamaican maybe he's just a black Selector? British guy. Is yeah. that Selector? Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking of the right band. They're still going, man. They had an album yeah. out last year. Yeah, they're great. But then Madness was just like a bunch of yahoos in silly outfits doing weird dances and walking around. To I imagine me, they all live in the same house, and that's probably because they have a song called Our House. It's in the middle of the street. Yeah. But no, I, the middle of the block? But middle they seem like, like sort of cartoon men come to life. 
Well, I, I was a huge fan of the, the TV show The Young Ones. Yeah. And they were on The Young Ones twice. And this is a TV show that only has, I think, 11 episodes. <laughs> so I, yeah. I, and, and The Young Ones were four, guy, four college students that lived in this crummy, awful house. And so I always imagined Madness living in like almost that exact scenario. Well, in, in the video for One Step Beyond, they're all coming out of their same house doing their weird little mm-hmm. walk thing. So what do you think? Let's say somehow Madness befriended you and you're hanging out with them. You'd probably have like a really awesome Friday and Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And then you'd probably get so annoyed with them just constantly like walking around like robots and Oy! do you think are you saying playing you, kazoos and you live carnivals? with them? You live in that house or what? No, you're like you don't, Harry Potter. You don't live in the house. You're staying there. They're, they invite you to come party with them. Okay. And and they probably like they're like join us and they probably all carry you over their head as they walk down the street. Yeah. Oh, dude. And if just you, like weird sounds and like one of them's got a thing that they've got like slide whistles and. If you went out on a Friday night, it would be the funnest night of drinking of your life. Oh yeah. You would be going from pub to pub. Just pub to pub doing that weird walk that yeah, I wish you could see. They would be carrying you and you'd be dancing. Who knows? Maybe one of them would fly like Peter Pan with uh-huh. his saxophone. And yeah. But it, but also it's like you, you you know, you have to pay for that fun and you'll have the worst hangover of your entire life. Well I just think they and they won't because they they're kind of supernatural no. in that way. Yeah, it's like you guys are still going. Yeah. They're, they're like the energizer bunny. You're like, Jesus, man, it's 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, and you want to have a dance party? Like, I, I, I'm almost, I feel like I'm going to barf. And weird stuff, you know, magic tricks and all sorts of weird carnival little kid stuff. I feel like that would be going on constantly, and you'd have to, like, really break up with them. Do you know the, the song House of Fun? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. I guess that's where I'm getting this impression, <laughs> is the song Welcome to the House of Fun. Well, House of Fun, <laughs> I have listened to since I was, you know, 14 years old or whatever. I've always loved that song, maybe even younger, but I, I didn't know what the song was about until literally maybe two years ago. Oh, and what is it? It's a kid that's trying to buy condoms. Oh. But he's going to, he's asking for the condoms at a pharmacy, and they're saying, no, you need to go to the party store and get your balloons. But he's like trying to say, no, I want, I want the balloons. I don't want, oh, I want I condoms. See. That might not be right, but someone told me that, and it just kind of blew my mind. No, maybe it's just a, a urban legend, an impression. It's like that Phil Collins a, uh, interpretation. It's like the Phil Collins. Phil Collins, the the guy was called out at the concert for uh, watching someone drown and yeah. doing nothing. It's the yeah. same thing. Yeah, this is a kid that's trying to buy condoms for a party, and they're saying, "No, it's a misunderstanding. Go to the balloon store." Okay, I'm, I'm reading the lyrics. That's totally it. it I'm, it's correct. Right? I, I don't think there's any way. I mean, it's it's very oblique. Yeah, I don't think there's any ways can be. No, 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 Miss, you misunderstood. Sixteen, big boy, full pint in my manhood. Mm-hmm. If you'll serve, I'll be on my way. And the pharmacist just. I'm de- sorry, son. But we don't stock party gimmicks. Yeah. See, this is a. Doesn't he say this is a? It's a. It's a British word for pharmacist, or pharmacy. Good morning, Miss. Can I help you, son? Box of balloons with a featherlight touch. Yeah, see, body poppers that pop in the night. Yeah, so we'll, we'll link all these mini music movies to, to our social media, to Facebook. Yeah, probably by, by the time you're hearing this, oh, wait. No, anyway, check it out. Check it out right now. Yeah, I was drop, say drop what the, you're doing. I was going to say, by the time you're hearing this, we've already posted it, but uh, we're on deadline. I thought you were doing some Drake thing. By the time you're hearing this, it's already too late. No, but I'm glad you mentioned Drake, because that leads very nicely into our next segment. The 
the Degrassi Minute. This is my chronicling of Degrassi Junior High, one episode at a time. Soon to jump into Degrassi High. I know. I was going to say it's it must be getting close. One of our listeners uh, picked up on this segment, started watching them, mm-hmm. and is now all the way through and into Degrassi Next Generation. And started wow. watching it like two, three weeks ago. I've been working on this project for years. That's right. But I am only doing one episode a, a week. I've, I've I've tried to watch Smallville, and it's taken me oh boy way more years. I'm on the tenth season finally. I watch about five episodes a year. Wow, yeah, we haven't talked about that in a long time. Yeah, but I've I've still been doing. It. I've been watching Smallville since 2004 or something. <laughs> I'm not done yeah, yet. Seriously, <laughs> I used to chronicle it on a, an older podcast we did. Well, we are on episode ten of season three, episode thirty six total. It's called Twenty Bucks. Definitely the Game of Thronesiest episode yet because oh, wow. of all the just weird machinations and double crosses and scheming going on. Um, we've got Melanie who shows up at the pizza shop. She just got her braces off, and uh, for some reason she has twenty bucks and buys her friends pizza and cokes. Nice. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Coke. For how many times they say, "Let's get some cokes." You want some cokes? I'll is, have a coke. Is that just a Canadian slang? The way people say soda, or in some regions they say pop. Um, I say be. I think I say soda pop. I th- no, I say soda. Yeah, I say soda. Most people in Utah, um, where we're from, just say drink. What? Really? Uh, yeah, growing up, it was always a drink. You want a drink? I'll get you a drink. Even recently, as an adult, someone said, like, oh, you should go over there. There's tons of drinks. And it was Dr. Pepper and root beer. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because in, in Utah, drink uh, doesn't necessarily refer to an alcoholic beverage like it does everywhere else. Literally, maybe everywhere else in the world. Yeah, seriously, yeah. <laughs> Now, when I was a kid, I thought drinking and driving was just because you had to keep both hands on the wheel. <laughs> or you don't want like to I was spill freaked soda. Out. Yeah, I was freaked out when my dad had a big gulp and was driving. I was like, what are you doing? You're drinking and driving. <laughs> That's charming. Yeah. it's a nice charming child yeah. story. So she buys some pizza and Cokes. Um, boy, so much is going on. Uh, a concert's coming up called Gourmet Scum. <laughs> So that's everyone's talking great. about getting their gourmet scum tickets. Oh, that's so great. That's perfect, yeah. Um, so uh, Snake wants to ask out Melanie to gourmet scum, but can only afford one ticket. Hmm. So tickets are 20 bucks. so he'll, buy, he'll go wait in line to buy them. He should have taken her to Monolord. <laughs> yeah, he, w- he would have had $4 left over for Cokes. <laughs> exactly. To go get a drink. Yeah. So, he, so Melanie has a big crush on Snake. She's excited about this, but she has to pony up the 20 bucks. but she just spent her babysitting money on uh, that pizza and Cokes for her buddies. Uh-oh. Now, meanwhile, Joey Jeremiah has made a bet with BLT <laughs> that he can't get a date by Friday, or BLT will owe him 20 bucks. Now, is he named after the sandwich, or is his name Brandon LaVon Le- Travis? His name is Brandon Lettuce Tomato. <laughs> It's it's breaking lettuce tomato. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh you know, it's French Canadian. Mm-hmm. It's a Quebecois name. It's Canadian bacon then. Yeah. <laughs> so he should be CBLT. CBLT. Weird. Or BBLT. I think they call it back bacon in Canada. They do? Yeah, cuz they wouldn't call it Canadian. Well, I guess we call it, have American cheese. Hmm. Yeah, any Canadian listeners, let us know if it's called Canadian bacon in Canada. Yeah. Or or whatever. Also, what else do we want to know? Cokes. Do you call them Cokes? Call, what do you call them? We've got to have some Canadian listeners. Did, they, have, did, uh, they, did they write in? Don't we have someone in Shanghai? Yeah. That's I, cool. Let's find out the guy in Shanghai, what they call bacon over there. Yeah, what do they call bacon and, and what do they call Cokes? 
And do they it's... understand the term Shanghai? Oh, yeah. Are there still descendants of people who are Shanghai walking around Shanghai lost? <laughs> Report in. For anyone that doesn't know what Shanghai means, it's uh, this thing that happened back in the good old days. It still happens in Smogville all the time. Yeah, That's it's, why I never accept We call it strangers. being Smogville. Yeah, it's basically where madness shows up and hands you a bunch of drinks until you pass out. Then you wake up in the middle of the ocean on a boat where you're forced to work for the rest of your life. It's pretty awful. Yeah, it's I'm a- saying I'm laughing, but what a horrible fate. Right, it's true. So uh, Spike, whose hair at this point, she just looks like a peacock. Oh, wow. It's just gone completely insane. She's getting her first night off since the baby to go to gourmet scum. <laughs> um, everyone wants to go to gourmet scum. Melanie hates gourmet scum, but wants to go with Snake. Um, oh, my gosh. I didn't take notes on this one because I was watching it on my phone while, while cooking eggs. While driving. While driving, yeah. Because <laughs> there's no public service announcements about not watching PBS and driving. Yeah, you can watch TV on your phone and drive. You can't and- text, but you can watch TV. And you can cook eggs. Yeah. <laughs> which I'm not sure how you were doing that, but I'm sure there's some cigarette lighter situation. Yeah, no, it's really nice. I got it from uh, Sharper Image. Mm-hmm. Plug it in. Plug it in. It's called the plug it in. The plug and scramble. <laughs> it's called the scam- scramble on the run. <laughs> on the yeah. go. Scramble on the go. Because sometimes, I mean, you don't have time. <laughs> no, actually, if, if there really was a Sharper Image car egg cooking cigarette lighter contraption... It would definitely have egg in it. It would be like, yeah, excellent buddy. Yeah, or, or the uh, high wag mm-hmm. for driving down the high wag. The freeway. That's, that's pretty good. Highway. It's okay. It's okay, but hi- I'm sure that was definitely in the running. Yeah, it was on the whiteboard, and <laughs> on, someone circled it. High wag. Uh, I'll keep thinking of it. You, yeah, you keep telling the. Yeah, so so she's excited to go um, because. Luckily, Shane is up to date on his child support payments, which last time he gave her a child support payment, it was $10 a week. So, <laughs> so Shane's paying $10 a week child support. Meanwhile, Melanie wants to borrow the money from her mom, but the money's too tight because uh, her absentee father is behind on his child support payments. So wow. everyone's, everyone's going around, everyone's behind on child support payments. Uh, Melanie has a babysitting gig coming up, so uh, she's going to have the $20, but it's going to be a day late. From when oh, she needs it. Literally a dollar, twenty dollars short. Yeah, day late and twenty twenty uh, loonies short or whatever. Yeah, yeah, loonies. So her mom says, Get some money out of my purse and go buy us milk. She steals a twenty out of her mom's purse. I, I had a feeling. Yeah, and then of course lots of scenes of her mom just freaking out that she's lost this money. I can't believe it. I can't now I can't afford to go to the grocery store. And Melanie's like, Well just get just go get more out of the machine. And she's like, I don't have any more. That was my last twenty dollars. Hope you like chili because we'll be eating chili for a week, which sounds fine to me. I probably yeah. eat chili all week, and I do have twenty bucks. I had a roommate once that at the beginning of the month would just buy like forty boxes of macaroni and cheese and forty cans of chili or something, and he would oh, yeah. every day make an entire thing of macaroni and cheese and, and then put a can of chili in it, and that and he'd keep it in a giant Tupperware, and that's what he would eat for every meal. But his his grocery, you know, think about how how much money he was saving. Yeah, but that's really gross. And you're shortening your life, I'm sure, significantly. Right. But, but is this the same uh, roommate that would leave empty beer cans after breakfast? Yes. Okay. You yeah. know, you know him well, yeah, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's, he's a, a good dude. I love him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Saw him just last night. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
Shane wants to go to the concert, and so he goes up to Spike, and he's like, can't make the child support payment, just don't have it. I'm broke. So now Spike can't go. Spike's friend with that Chelsea skinhead haircut, here's Shane's friends talking about how they're going to go, this whole big thing. So she confronts Shane, oh, you're not paying my child support, so you can go to this concert? And he's like, well, I deserve a life, too. Big Big argument, a big mm-hmm. row, as, as someone says somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey Jeremiah asked Caitlin out, and remember he had an awkward thing where Caitlin had a big crush on him. She uh, uh, was humiliated because he wasn't looking at her romantically. He asks her out. It goes great. They go see a movie, um, and then they go to that same pizza place, which has a nice neon sign that I like. Um, before I get to these actions, cause I think I feel like these are the real climax. Okay. Uh, Melanie does admit to her mother that she stole the money, and that's our, our cut scene to the credits. So, and she doesn't even know. She says, you didn't lose that 20, Mom. And then they both just stare at each other and then cut to the credits. Less intense than usual, but still. But still awkward. Still awkward. Yeah. So Caitlin and Joey go to the pizza place. Caitlin goes to buy them Cokes. This really blew my mind. She gets the Cokes, and they're not like giant 64-ouncers uh, like I'm used they're to. They're like seven ounces? Yeah, they're like seven ounces of Coke. She's like, here's our Cokes. And I was like, how are you going to drink that? Are yeah, you going to shoot it? It's, no, it's like an appetizer. You drink that little Coke before your main Coke. Before your main Coke, yeah. Right. And then your dessert Coke has a little vanilla in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I mean, cherry. Yeah. I mean, that's the way I drink soda. We've discussed this many times. Yeah. So she didn't know about the bet. So CBLT, Canadian Bacon Lettuce Tomato. Mm-hmm. A tomato spelled with a super, superfluous U. Mm-hmm. Uh, those U's. Always jamming pays, those U's everywhere. Pays up the 20 bucks right when Caitlin's showing up. So guess where those Cokes end up? Uh-oh. On Joey Jeremiah's head. He chases out after her under the street. And this is the best part of the episode. Um, someone turned on the, like... Spooky sounds of Halloween cassette tape. (laughs) I have that. Yeah, so you chase her out to the street and you immediately hear like the fakest sounding thunder you've ever heard. Really? And then these rain and howling wind sounds and then like sinister barking dogs in the distance. Really? Yeah, even though they're in the middle of downtown Toronto, what appears to be. They have roaming packs of dogs. Roaming packs of dogs, thunder Thunder. that sounds like it's done with a synthesizer. Do you know? That that reminds me of back when I was talking about Terminator. One of the only things that disappointed me this time about seeing it was all the gunshots sounded like the, like the eight an episode of the A Team or something. Yeah. it was the most stock gunshots. Yeah, ever where they're just so loud. Like well, someone it was the same. The it was the same sound over and over. It sounded like the same exact. Like they had just used the same. And we've we've done this. You just yeah. use the same sound effect over and over. It's it's the oldest trick in the book. You just yeah. use the same sound effect over and over. It's, it's the oldest trick in the book. One of the most embarrassing things that ever happened to me as a teenager was over $20. And I, I, I'm hesitant to even tell this story, but I, I might do a shortened version. Okay. It could have been my own personal Degrassi episode. So I was, riding the, I was probably 14 years old, riding the bus with my two friends. One of my friends has to get home for something. I can't remember why. Me and the other friend are going to go to a music store because I wanted to buy a Dead Milkman shirt, the Big Lizard in My Backyard album okay. cover, basically. Um, yeah. And it's, it was this kind of cool little music shop. So my friend that had to get home said, here's 20 bucks. Buy me this album. I can't remember, you know, some album. Buy me Helmet's album or somebody. And so me and this kid, and I didn't know this other kid very well. The kid, my friend that was going home, 
I, he was my one of my close friends, but the kid that that went with me to the music store, I barely knew. And I wanted to be cool and stuff, you know. I was 14 years old. We get there, the album my friend wants is not the, is not there. And so I was like, okay, I bought my shirt. And so we take the bus, just the two of us, back to my other friend's house. We're going to meet yeah. up with him. On the bus ride, this this kid I didn't know very well was was saying, let's just keep the 20 bucks. Oh, no. And I was just like, well, I mean, well, like, how do we do that? And yeah. he says, well, we'll say that we got jumped by a gang. You know, this yeah. is like, like something. Of course, uh, an idiot junior high it, schemer yeah. would come up with. Yeah. And, and he's just. I just say a saxophone player came out of the sky and snatched seriously. it. And then flew off. And, and I was such, I was such, I don't know. I, I'm ashamed that I went along with it. Yeah. But I said, okay, we'll say we got jumped by gang members and they took the $20 off us. <laughs> gang members. It, it was gang members. Yeah. We literally said a, a gang, oh, th- and that, that even gets me into worse trouble. This is a neighborhood that does not have gangs. No, this is a very safe neighborhood. This is, this is you, you had no chance of, of losing your $20. So we get to my friend's house. We tell him the story. He's blown away. Yeah. He can't believe it, <laughs> but, but totally buys it. Like, yeah. holy smokes, you got mugged by a gang. Oh, my God. We go over to our other friend's house. And, he, and his mom is going to give us a ride somewhere. In the car, my friend tells the story to this other kid's mom. Yeah. And this is, so this is the mom of the kid who hatched the plan? No. This is a fourth kid. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Let's call him Ringo. He has nothing to do with it, really, other okay. than his mother started the chain of events that was turned my <laughs> life into a nightmare. Oh, no. So, so he, he tells this, this kid's mom the story. And she was just so upset. She bought it, too, for some reason, because I was very vague. And at this point, it's starting to spiral out of control. I'm starting to get really nervous. So she said, okay, we got to call the police. So she calls the police. Uh-oh. And, I, and then I was I just... And th- I'm trying to not let my parents know this is happening. I'm just like, oh, I call them. Oh, I'll, I'll be home in a little while. And you can hear Andrew Jackson's heart beating in your pocket. Yeah. Oh, Seriously. So then we're waiting over at my other friend's house for the police to come so I can make a police report about being mugged for these $20. Oh, no. The cops come in. We tell them the story, me and this other kid. And then they're like, okay, well, they knew it was complete bullshit immediately. Because they said, okay, well, we'll just get some details, but we'll interview you individually. So so one cop took that kid in the other room. Of course. And then this cop took me in a different room and then had us tell the story so it was just me like my heart's you know i'd never talked to a cop yeah and you're just thinking really hard hoping that they'll say red jacket and yeah i I was like that i was just like well that's what you're gonna be describing completely different people that's right that's where it gets to the gang members so when i said this gang these three this gang of three guys came and, and took it he said okay well what what did they look like and then I was just like, one had like uh, black hair, and uh, ba- one had a baseball cap. And what, what, what baseball team? Well, it was like uh, like a M, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like it was horrible. It was so traumatic. So then, the cop takes their part and leaves. My, you know, I call my mom, go home, get a ride home. I go into my room and immediately like collapse on my bed and start bawling, like yeah. crying. Yeah. Just the pressure was so intense. Then I get a phone call from the kid I stole the 20 bucks from's mother. Oh. And she starts yelling at me and going, this is complete bullshit. You did not get, get jumped by gang members. You're lying. Give my son back his money. 
And then she's like, let me talk to your mom. And then this is, it gets worse was and worse. Was that a Swedish accent? I'm not going to tell you, but okay. it, was I doing one? I don't know. I can tell you're doing an accent, so I'm wondering if this kid is who I think it is. I, you probably know then. Okay. So then that, his mother talks to my mom. My mom knows it's bullshit, too. Yeah. And it's just like, the, the, the world's just like, the walls are closing in. Yeah. My world is crumbling. And then she says, okay. My mom comes up furious at me, and then I finally just crack. And I'm like, I didn't want to. This kid wanted to, and I didn't, I didn't even need, you know, it was $10. I didn't even want the money. And I just was trying to be cool to this new kid I didn't know. Yeah. And then this is where, this is kind of the funny, like, karma at the end, is we actually went, my mom drove me to the police station, had me sit down with some kind of officer and tell them the truth. And they charged me with making a false police report. Wow. They charged me with a Class B misdemeanor. So you got a record. I didn't know you had a record. Yeah. It's you a, got a rap sheet. It's a Class B misdemeanor. And my, my yeah. mom was as stunned as I was. She yeah. thought, I, I don't know what she thought was going to happen. I guess she thought the cop would be like, well, you've learned your lesson, son. Yeah. Here's a McGruff crime fighter junior badge. Yeah. No. I, they charged me. <laughs> and it was the worst night of my life, maybe. Same sound effect over and over. It's it's the oldest trick in the book. 